So you drafted a fantasy football team. Big deal. Ooh, Ooh wow. Oh. Good job. Drafting is only half the battle. A month from now, you're going to wake up, check your team, and see that your three best players are hurt. Now what? You need to play the waivers, make trades, know who to start. And that's what we're here for. We're coming to you four times a week during the regular season to give you everything you need to win your league and dominate your group chat. Search for the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. And present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Chicago everywhere. Check it. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Golf, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and hit record. I'm just going to talk to you guys. Yeah. Just, just going to talk to my guys. There's no reason for me to... Yeah, like what? Why? Why would I spend my my Sunday evening with you two handsome fellows talking about the Chicago Bears? Right? Like, I, I'm sitting in the cut here, and and just just enough time to let this thing breathe. By the way, uh, welcome to the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by the Ringer, and of course, Spotify is the gang. Saruti <sighs> and Tanny are the people that I'm looking at. And I, I, you know, these guys usually have their, their cameras off during the Zoom, you know, recordings and this full go podcast recording uh, format that we've kind of developed where I just talk into the abyss about bad Chicago teams and some good ones, but bad performances for the most part. But I get a chance to look at my guys right now because, fellas, I can't muster up any kind of uh, anger or, or, or hot takiness like – I thought this game would play out a little bit differently. First of all, Dollar Bill Simmons texting me right before the kickoff, doomed this game. Doomed this game. All, all I got was, well, I won't say what I got from him, but he said where he thought he was leaning. I'm like, oh, shit, the Bears about to get their ass whooped. But I couldn't say that to him. I couldn't say that to him. I kind of had to make him feel good about his decision. But, I mean, we talked about it in the very last podcast. What happens when the Bears see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in back-to-back weeks? Now, the, the butt-whooping that took that didn't take place in the Green Bay game absolutely took place in the Tampa Bay game. Uh, I don't know, and I hate to be this guy. No, I don't. Because I'm smiling about it, and I feel feel kind of icky smiling about it. But 
I don't know how mad that he coaches this team anymore. Like, there is a weekly display of someone getting kicked out of a game or some ridiculous personal foul. Uh, there is a weekly display of having to clean things. What what is going to get cleaned up? This is a this is a a a house of football that is being inhabited by a hoarder, right? Like after a while, you just got to step over the ashtray and the cigarette butts and the loose cans of tuna and the three dead cats in the corner, like. That's what this is now. Like, I'm tired of hearing about things getting cleaned up. I'm tired of hearing, like, Justin Fields, by the way, is going up there at that podium with super rookie quarterback cliche speak. Like, he's trying his hardest. One, he's probably got a whole bunch of internal bleeding going on. So, so, so he's just trying his hardest to grimace through all the pain and all the shots he's probably going to have to take after this game. But Boomer Esiason. Used to be my favorite quarterback. Like, growing up, Boomer Sias was my favorite quarterback, right? Because the play action was, like, so bedazzling to me. Like, oh, my God, this dude, hell, he hid the football behind his back and nobody on the defense knew he had it? Like, I thought Boomer Sias used to be some kind of magician. And then, you know, I, I heard his thoughts on Colin Kaepernick and I figured that he was a wizard of some other kind. But I'm sitting in the cut listening to Boomer Sias and say that, that this man can't read defenses. Let me tell you something. If Justin Fields can't read defenses, neither can Matt Nagy or, or, or uh, Jim Filippo or, or, or Willie Bean, Bill Lazor, because at some point, at some point, someone on the offense has to be able to identify a free rusher. And this is the second week in a row that someone was in Justin Fields' headset telling him that they had too many men on the field and that they should take a big shot. And guess what? They got an interception last week, I believe, and they got an interception this week on that. Stay out the man's ear. He even said a couple of weeks ago, the reason why Bill Lazor is a little bit different of a, you know, a contrast between he and, and the styles of Matt Nagy is because Matt Nagy's all in the game. He's, you know, the coach living in the van by the river and all going crazy all the time. And my man Bill Lazor is cool, calm, and collected in the, in the uh, booth. This, this whole thing, man, Justin Fields needs to get ready to be groomed by whoever is going to be the next head coach of this team and the next offensive coordinator. Like, right now, all you're doing right now is, like, you're getting in the reps, right? Like, this is every dude sitting, like, in his basement, you know, pressing 150 30 times. He's like, yeah, I'm getting stronger, I'm getting stronger. And then you take your ass to the gym and you see people who really do that, like, kind of for a living. You know those gym dudes. You're like, yeah, you spend all day doing this because that's how you got that body. That's what Justin Fields is doing. He's just getting, he's just getting reps and throwing a football over the next 10 weeks or so. That's all this is to me. And the the problem that I have with it is you show me that you can understand and you show me how you do things when it comes to kind of protecting him. Like, for instance, Khalil Herbert should have got the ball a lot more than he did today. And, of course, the game got out of hand. But at, at some point, you got to realize we ain't going to beat Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's try to limit the exposure of this kid. There are people who were talking about maybe benching him and maybe giving him some time off. Nah, he's a football player. This is what he signed up for. I'm not going to be that with this kid either. I'm not going to mess around and act like this kid shouldn't be out there. If he's taking those shots, at some, at some point, Payne has to be the best teacher, right? And on top of it, he did some things at the end of that press conference that I think somebody's going to clean up for him because we all like him. But, hey, when you lose, it's I. When you win, it's we. And there were a couple of times where he talked about the protection not being picked up. That's on you too, player. Like, these are the real I, – I, somebody tweeted at me because they listened to the pod and we appreciate you. Somebody tweeted at me, yo, you wanted your first three-pick game. You got it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And now we move forward because now I can evaluate. But just the little things, the little things. 
You're going up against one of the best front sevens in all of football. You're going up against one of the more aggressive but measured, right? Because this ain't Dick LeBeau. This ain't Rob Ryan. This ain't sending 11 at you and hoping you got the wherewithal to look at the blitz in the face. This is Todd Bowles, who is a measured but aggressive defensive coordinator. So you got those guys on the other side of the football. You find out that Elijah Wilkinson, before the game, Catches COVID or is on the COVID-19 list, right? So he's down. Hell, Justin Fields said he learned about it while he was walking past. Well, he saw Juan Castillo, the offensive line coach, and Elijah Wilkinson actually watching tape. And then all of a sudden he gets to the stadium and he has a new right tackle named Lacavius. Pig. <laughs> Pig was out there. He, Teddy. Yeah, they said, Elijah's out, Justin. Elijah who, he said. <laughs> Uh, I saw Elijah and Coach Juan, they were watching film in the hotel. So when I heard that getting here in the uh, locker room, I was just surprised. I was like, Elijah who? You mean the guy who wasn't good enough to be the starter when we figured this thing out in the, in the training camp? Oh, no. Not the backup right tackle being down. <laughs> like, they've gone through five right. I'm sorry, Bears fans. If you expected to hit play on this joint and, and expected to hear me cry, I don't have time for it. The seasons are changing. I'm battling my allergies. Guess where I watched this game, y'all? In the bed. <laughs> because I didn't want to have to get up and take that miserable-ass walk of shame from the couch to the bed i watched this joint in the bed i got in the bed probably a half an hour hour before you know hung out with the lady little afternoon delight bang kickoff next thing you know i'm sitting there before i could even get nestled into a comfortable spot it was 21 to nothing it was 21 to nothing before the first i sat here and did something i haven't done fellas for years and maybe you could tell by by the way but I took notes on this Bears game, and halfway through it, I was like, mm, ah, I'm good. I didn't leave the game. I didn't leave the game. I stayed, and I, and I watched it. Like, I'm one of these athletes who's like, you know, you see these you see Stephon Diggs last year, the AFC Championship, just watching dudes celebrating. Like, I'm not that guy. <laughs> you whoop my ass, get me to the shower, get me on the bus, get me home to my family that don't love me. I'm not about to sit here and go through an entire game just for the, just for the painstaking experience because I know at some point in time in my Bears fandom, they're going to win a Super Bowl for me, and I'm going to be able to say, I sat there through the Tampa Bay ass whooping the week after the Green Bay embarrassment. Nah, I watched this game because I was hoping that the kid wouldn't die out there. You put, is it Lachavius or Lacavius? I want it to be Lachavius, but we're going to go with Lacavius, right? I Lacavius Simmons was out there. Pig, uh, that's pig, Jay. Let's Lachavius Pig it, Simmons. It, that is burnt ends at this point. <laughs> that man sat out there and had to look across from him in Dalakansu. <laughs> Shaquille Barrett, Jason, uh, was it Jason Pierre-Paul, right? JPP. Uh, oh, and by the way, Devin White, you got to pick him up because he's always moving around. He had to look across from him four of the angriest black men that roamed the NFL, and and they said, oh, by the way, go do it on your own. <laughs> go, go get singled up against all pros, dudes who have $180 million worth of guaranteed contract away on the other side of you. Yeah, go enjoy yourself, pig. Enjoy, enjoy yourself. What? It, this is what I'm talking about, too. How you can ruin players. Everybody thinks, oh, you can only just ruin a quarterback. Oh, you're going to take too many hits. Yeah, look how many offensive linemen getting their ass kicked single with, 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 with no help out there. With, with little to no help. 
You know, Khalil Herbert, God bless his soul, still a rookie. The first straight fumble, he didn't get aligned properly, still going for the fake. Next thing you know, hey, abandon that fake play. You got to take care of your quarterback, right? So the blindside hit happens. Khalil Herbert is part of the protection, right? He's not just out there to run run plays. This is the this is the problem that I'm having. If you have all of these young players and they have to play, because this is how you find out who the coaches are, for real, for real. When you get down to the threes and the fours and the fives, like these are the times where if they play close to Tampa and you know they just got outplayed by talent, you're like, oh, this, this coaching staff is something. They're going to be all right. Name me the coaches who have come off this coaching staff in the last three or four years who have gone on to NFL fame. Give them to me. The last time there was a Bears coach that was coveted, right? What? We talked Vic Fangio, right? But that was, you know, that ain't this. <laughs> that ain't this. Vic, Vic, Vic has been that guy for decades, and he finally got his shot. Adam Gase is still somewhere staring off into the abyss. And I love the fact that I keep running into that tweet that everywhere Adam Gase has left, they won immediately after. Like going back to his high school teams and his college team and two of his pro, like as soon as he left, they got better. So I, it's the coaches, Tanny. It's the coaches, Saruti. Like I, I'm tired of talking about what this team isn't because they, their defense, like that fourth and, one, fourth and goal stop, that meant something. I mean, dudes ain't just shutting it all down, right? It was 35 to 3. Could have easily been 42 to 3. I know you could say that this Tampa wasn't trying. Hell, they was trying. They was trying like hell to score. Tom Brady was upset on that second down play where they had to call a timeout. He was not happy. They're still trying to put their mark on the season. That is a Super Bowl contender. I'm not mad that the Bears lost. What I'm mad, well, I wouldn't even say mad at. What I'm, I'm the. The points that I am now resigned to is it's just a matter of time. And whose time are you really taking care of? You, you had a guy last week said that he still owns you. Cool. I still own you, motherfuckers. I don't know if, if that means anything to anybody, but the next week, the following quarterback who has been making jokes about it all week long plays you and does this. Tony Romo and Jim Nance are getting off their best Don Rickles and Shecky Green performance. Because you digging in a you digging in a bag at first quarter? Like, I ain't got that many stories, fam. I came here to golf and talk to a couple of coaches. I don't have stories for three quarters. Like, when you, see, when you hear the color analyst start to get into the bag about, he started talking about the Chiefs. He started talking about another game entirely. So, at what point, McCaskey family, at what point, uh, Chicago Bears front office. At what point is that bottle going to spin and stop on you? The the armor of Matt, like Matt Nagy is, uh, I've seen crazy things, but seems like Matt Nagy is done here. Seems like that's the case. Now you got to find out who the hell wants to be a Chicago Bear. And it sounds cliche, but this is going to be the time. You're going to find out who stays hurt longer than they probably should be. You're going to find out who the hell thinks they can get, keep, keep getting kicked out of games. The Bears have the second most players kicked out of games since Matt Nagy was hired behind the Miami Dolphins. Like, that means something. You're getting your ass kicked and you're getting kicked out of games? Both, both don't play. So, Justin Fields, fam, you got to learn to live to fight another day. Get rid of the football when you are in duress or under duress because everybody out here is running a 4-4. Everybody out here is an All-American. But, yeah, I've been waiting for those three interception games, and the, it, here's one. 
Now you get to evaluate it. But it's hard for me to evaluate when Lacavia Simmons is being asked to, to block people that all pros have, struggle, uh, have struggles with blocking. You know, Jesse James is out there. J.P. Horstead is out there. Alex Barr should have been out there from the get-go to me. But that's another thing. Like, who's coaching these guys? We give you credit when we see fifth-rounders star, right? When we see the Darnell Mooney development, when we see, like, we give guys credit, right? Roquan Smith is still a star out there running around playing his ass off. But when we get to those threes and fours and fives and we see guys are woefully, woefully unprepared to play football, that's on you. There is no cleaning up. And in the end, the cleaning up might be in your office. Like, Tanny, I, I, Saruti, I, I don't, like, I'm close to that point. I think I'm already there. I think I got there a couple weeks ago, but this is laughable now. And it's unfortunate. And I do it to keep myself from going crazy. Like, I tell myself I'm not going to get into this kind of frenzy. And then I, I turn this microphone on and start talking about the Bears. It's, it's simple. It's very simple. I got no problem with you getting beat. I got problems with you getting embarrassed. And there's been far too many embarrassments. So, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> that's, that game was – we've seen some terrible games, Tanny. But that game that game was atrocious. Rudy was asking me for the show, like, you know, it's like, hey, that, that, that wasn't good. And, like, you know, sadly, we, we've seen it before. We talked about it on Thursday's show. Like, this wasn't even as bad as, as the scenario that we talked about on Thursday's show where they, they, you know, dropped 50 balls on you in back-to-back weeks. 106 points in the Trestman era. Yeah. You know, but – we are not fire the coach guy. You know, we're not get riled up and say fire the coach just because. But no. I had the same thoughts you did watching that thing. Like, oh, this has run its course. Like, this guy, his message is not getting across. Matt Nagy's, you know, message is not getting across. And you saw what happened with Bilal Nichols and Ryan Jensen. And in the post game, Nagy said, yeah, there was guys that we highlighted on that side of the ball that were going to cause problems for us. Did that sound familiar? Like that Saints playoff game with right. CJ Gardner-Johnson? It's like, at what point, your message is not getting through, my man. And let, and let me tell you something right now. If I tell you that there is an irritant on the other side who's going to get you in trouble, and we're already down Akeem Nicks, and we're all Akeem Hicks, I should say, and we're already down Robert Quinn, it's not like you're a safety doing this, right? It's not like you're a corner doing this. You are a guy in the front seven that we need. We need you when those dudes are healthy. And you do this in this moment, you're telling me and the team, hey, forget that. Disrespect won't be tolerated. Out here on a football field, you could head slap somebody. You could punch a dude in the nuts. When's the last time you seen a dude thrown out for a groin shot? You know why they don't go, they don't go review groin shots? Your dumb ass is balling your fist up and hitting a face mask. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know, man. I, they're not gonna do this to me every Sunday, Rudy. They're not. You go. You, 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 you gonna hear me on here talking about the the baseball work stoppage in this bitch in three weeks? <laughs> Here's the problem, and I am I am the guy on the outside, right? They're they're still in the hunt for a playoff. Uh, here we go, they're Tanny. Still in the hunt for a playoff spot. <laughs> here we go, Tanny. I know it sounds stupid. Is this Ryan well, Pace? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not saying you should be amped about it, but like the middle of the NFC is pretty shitty. So I, I don't know. Like, Saruti's got that good national energy for us. That's what Tanny. He, he has he he has he hasn't walked in the swampy waters of Lake Michigan. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What the rest of the season? What the, the only goal is? What making sure Pain. Justin Fields develops. Right. That's it. Yeah. That's all you Keep, care about. Keeping them, keeping them, keeping them healthy. Finding out what these young players on your team are looking like. Some of these dudes that are getting a few snaps here and there. Like for instance, uh, those safeties aren't good. 
And that was supposed like Deshaun Gibson and Eddie Jackson coming into the season. Like, all right, maybe, maybe Eddie had a bad year, right? But you gave him the money. So hopefully the money makes him good. No, 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 no. If Eddie Jackson, if that defense isn't completely healthy, like unusually healthy and taking the ball away twice a game, they're, they're, they're average, above average at best. And it starts with my man in the back. Eddie Jackson is out here looking like, like somebody needs to sit him down and tell him what his contract really is, right? You got to see all four of those years playing. Like, and Jalen Johnson. See, this is the other thing, too. For a team that could be under siege here pretty soon with what the schedule is looking like, right? You can't be tweeting out or you can't be posting that you got fined for being a minute late, Right? And I don't care who you thought you were sending it to. These young kids know how to use this social media. They're the, 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 the young whippersnappers out there. You know what the hell you're doing. So who are you sending it to? Because you're obviously sending it to somebody out the building that don't know about it. See, this is what I'm talking about. And, and, the, and the football after show on NBC <clears throat> Sports Chicago where Olin and Alex and Lance made a great point. There was a point in the game tonight where Tom Brady looked at uh, Pro Bowl, per, perennial Pro Bowl wide receiver, Michael Evans in the slot and told his ass to move over a yard and, and screamed it. It was audible. And he did it. So you mean to tell me that Michael Evans can get checked it, during a play by the, the greatest quarterback of all time, but you have a second-year corner who is tweeting about being late and getting fined for it and how it's bullshit. Like, you got a difference. You, uh, there's something happening up there at Lake Forest. They know how, how out of line they can get. You know, is the the standard like the Pittsburgh Steelers say the standard is the standard. The standard is whatever you need it to be in that moment with the Bears. You could hear it after losses with Nagy. The man is talking as if things went well enough to win, but we got to clean him up. No, you're getting your brain stomped in. You're getting beat the hell. Like the the Buccaneers could have scored 50 easy, easy. They, They pulled up on you and you got you got commentators the the number one team the a team on cbs making jokes about you they can't wait to get that third market game on cbs every year they can't wait no matter who it is whether it's the jags or some other team that don't matter in the afc they they look forward to that cbs game because it's the third market in the country you are a laughing stock what you gonna do to turn it around I don't hear I don't hear what I need to be hearing out of these dudes. <clears throat> and if it's simply a, a, a talent issue, then that'll play itself out as well. But the players who aren't expected to play get in there and play like they're not expected to play. For whatever reason, Allen Robinson and Justin Fields ain't on the same page. They're not at all. There's way too many miscommunications, whether it be the scramble drill or that interception today. Like there, there's a lot of foolery happening right now. You know what it is? It reminds me of like my analogy for basketball when you see guys on the court and you could tell they're talented, but this team's going to get beat. The Bears feel like, and not just 11 strangers on, you know, on one side of the ball, but it feels like 53 strangers in a building with the same uniform on. Because when you take a look at it, there are three dudes from three different offenses running one offense right now. And the problem is, and I was talking to my lady about it while we were watching this game, we were talking about actual recipes, right? And it's funny because it, I think it's analogous to what's going on here. You know how you get a recipe from somebody, but it doesn't qu- quite taste like what they made? Because they know what the answers are when, it, when the temperature is too hot or you left it on too long or, you know, doing, seasoning it to taste, right? Or, or, or putting sugar in it to taste. 
I think what we're looking at here with Matt Nagy is, yeah, he's an Andy Reid disciple. Yeah, another guy comes from the Eagles offense. Yeah, another guy comes from that old school Air Coriel drop back and, and launch that joint offense. But guess what? When the NFL has those questions, what answers do you have? Like, how are you seasoning this thing to taste? Or did you just look down at your recipe and go, this is it. So this is how we're supposed to, this is how we're supposed to taste good. And this is what it say on the paper. That's what's happening here. We had one year of, you know, box mac and cheese and thought it was good. And then all of a sudden we came back and was wondering, hey, man, where the rest of the Thanksgiving dinner at? Well, it's not on this list. That's what's happening here. You, you have clear and, and, and definable moments in every single game where it's like, ah, oh, man, didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> didn't know Jason Pierre-Paul and Ndamukong Kong Su were going to line up over the forthright tackle on the, on the, the depth chart. Well, the moment you learn it, guess what you got to do? You got to extend that line of scrimmage. You got you to gotta chip. You, some guys got to stay in. Jimmy Graham ain't out there, so you got two blocking tight ends out there. Figure it out. I know you're not supposed to beat them because, God forbid, you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even though you beat them last year. But that right there, clear and present danger for everybody in that building. But who knows? We'll come back here things on Tuesday and Monday about cleaning things up, and we'll move forward. But Bears fans, if you want to continue to get mad about this, I'll be right here with you. But I'm not going to get mad because why, why should I, right? All I got to do to get out of this thing is punch someone in the head. <laughs> Just like all the Bears defensive linemen end up doing at some point in every one of these football games. It's the full goal, baby! This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Bulls talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. Flies in with a two-handed slam dunk. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. All right, here's something to make you feel a little bit better, I guess, as a, as a uh, Chicago fan, and it's the Bulls. The Bulls are fun. The Bulls are exactly what I thought they would be, but just in a different way. I did not, and uh, as I, as well as all the other people who I can hide behind now in terms of my, uh, <laughs> my prognostication about what this team would be, I thought this team would win games to start the season. I just thought it would be on the offensive end. Now, yeah, they put up, what, a buck 28 against New Orleans, but in two of those three nights, and let's face it, first half of that New Orleans game, the Bulls' defense is actually leading the way here. And I, I know the Detroit Pistons aren't anything to write home about offensively. I know the Pelicans didn't have Zion. But just their activity. And there's something that I, I've noticed in these first three games that uh, kind of bothered me the last couple of years. There were too many times where the Bulls got punched in the mouth and kind of curred up, right? They kind of 
it kind of just folded up. And, and Zach was never one of those dudes. Zach, you know, he was going to go down shooting no matter what, right? There was so many times where Zach had like 36 and the Bulls lose by eight. And you're like, how does that happen? If your best player goes crazy like that, it's because the other guys didn't respond. And Billy Donovan actually talked about it a lot last year. But he he was very clear about it, but he wasn't embarrassingly so about it. So he, he talked about toughness in his own way, in his own words. But you knew what he was talking about this year. This team, you know, <laughs> wise man told me, never get hit first. And that's what this team is not doing. The Pistons, they got some dudes on that team who are physical as hell. Like Kelly Olynyk, think and say what you want about him as, as, as you will. He's, he's a physical cat. He, he get away with some things sometimes. Isaiah Stewart being mentored by Ben Wallace, you can see it. <laughs> you can see it, right? And, and they got some scrappy dudes on that squad. Corey Joseph, I've always loved him. They they were determined in both games to come out and and touch up Zach Levine, get physical with him. And Zach was out there trading some blows and some elbows and, and, and mixing it up a little bit, especially in that second game when his shot wasn't falling. But those were two games last year that the Bulls probably split with the roster they had last year because there was a, a – I don't even want to say a lack of toughness, but knowing how to respond, right? When somebody's coming at you and somebody's being uh, overly physical with you, how do you respond? Do you bitch to the refs? Do you do something backhanded like a Bears defensive lineman and punch a guy? Like, how do you respond to it? Do you ignore it and then they win the mental war of you getting punked out there and getting beaten in the scoreboard? Nah. How you respond is, one – you have guys who've already been through these wars. And say what you want about Alex Caruso, but I think Bulls fans and I think any team that dude has probably been on, that fan base is, has fallen in love with him. And the rest of the NBA is like, oh, look at the look at the funny white guy on the team with all the brothers. Oh, look at that. He can jump. Oh, look at that. He's got all the celebrations that the brothers are like. Like everybody, there's layers of Alex Caruso that's being pulled back by the Bulls fan base right now. But those guys, that's a champion, right? DeMar DeRozan is a four-time All-Star, been in the league for 10 years, has gone up against LeBron and, and, and the Boston Celtics of the world and teams in playoff series where he's been undermanned and probably the best, team, best player on the team that he was on in Toronto. So those guys have been through it. So they know how to respond to some of the stuff that, that, don't get, that doesn't get highlighted uh, by maybe the, the casual eye. I think this team is going to be not just okay, but I think we're going to find out not just over these next four games, but on that West Coast road trip. The next 10 to 13 games, you're going to figure out really what this team is. And the, the craziest part is they're getting most of this offense off of defense. They had 10 blocks and 13 steals against the Detroit Pistons the other night. The, the game before that <clears throat> against the New Orleans Pelicans, it was at 20-some-odd deflections, right? When you're getting in the, the high teens and deflections, that's when you're really active, all right, and Ayo Desumu, a guy who I don't think I expected to get these kind of kinds of minutes early, that dude has been put into two positions against the Detroit Pistons. He's been in two positions where Billy Donovan's trying to figure out what that that rotation is like, especially in the backcourt coming off the bench without Kobe White. He's thrown him in there and he's made impact plays, and he hasn't been scared to shoot the ball. And sometimes that's a bad thing, right? When a rookie gets in there, he's just, you know, putting it up every chance he gets. But that's not what Io's doing, actually. Io's out here finding his rhythm, finding the offense, driving, right? We found out in the uh, 
in the summer league that off the ball, Io isn't going to be that guy right now because he's never really played off the ball. And Morgan Park, he was the star point guard at University of Illinois, star point guard. Now, all of a sudden, there's other guys out here on the court. There's going to be multiple ball handlers. What are you going to do with it that they can't do with all their experience? But he's been inserted in the game, and he's made plays. And Zach Levine, even in the game where he didn't shoot as well, this last game against Detroit, he did other things, right? Defensively, Zach Levine has taken the initiative to say, you know what, I know what y'all been saying about me defensively. He wants that all-NBA recognition. He wants that all-defensive team recognition. I think he's going to have to play defense like this for a couple of years to get that recognition, right? Because it ain't going to be the first year. Because then this is the year where people say, oh, look at him, he's playing a little bit of defense. But the second and third year where he's doing this, then he'll, then he'll start making some of those lists. But this team is different. It's a lot more fun to watch. Uh, you know, DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> DeMar DeRozan is going to push shots up. And, and when this team starts to lose a little bit or has some bumpy times offensively, that's when we're going to learn what the true fit issue is when it comes to DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. Because Zach Levine still wants to bring home these games. Zach Levine is still the man on this team. DeMar DeRozan is the number two, and I think that's clear. But there's moments where DeMar DeRozan is looking for his offense or is trying to find a spark. I'm glad he's running with the second team, to be honest with you, because he's going to hold that second team down while they're trying to figure out where that shooting is going to come from with that bench unit. But yeah, the Bulls are Bulls are interesting. They're fun. I mean, Lonzo Ball is everything that I thought he was going to be. Really happy to see people understand and appreciate uh, his defensive prowess too. And like I mentioned in pods previous, he's not a pick and roll point guard. He's not one of these old fashioned, you know, not not even old fashioned, new generation now point guards where we're gonna run forty five pick and rolls and figure out how many times you can defend. And by the end of the game, hopefully we came out with a better result than you did. No, he's pushing the ball ahead. Like he's doing stuff like Tony Parker used to do with the Spurs, where it ain't the assist, but it's the assist to the assist. And Lonzo Ball is doing that. You know, Lonzo is throwing oops. He's he's out there defensively. He's setting the tone. He's picking guys up three quarter court. So yeah, this is this is I can get used to this after what we've seen over the last couple of years. But now you got the Raptors coming up on Monday night. Uh, you got the Knicks after that. I believe the Celtics are after that. And then back-to-backs against the 76ers with, what, what a day or two split in between on a home-and-home. Home. So, yeah, you're going to find out what this team is here over the next week and a half, all while it's trying to figure out what, it's, what it is uh, offensively, which is the thing that we thought was just going to be press play on. But actually, in all actuality, the defense is the thing that's holding this team down. So why are you trying to, why are you trying to understand which winner team you should be riding with? I don't know, man, because Jeremy Collinson and the boys got it, got it tough over there uh, on the Blackhawks side of things. I don't even know if they have a lead yet or if they've had a lead uh, at some point in this season. But it's, uh, it's not looking too good right now for the Blackhawks. But if you're a Bulls fan, you should be riding high. Until this uh, better competition comes along over the next week and a half or so. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. Connect with the show 24-7 on the full goal voicemail line. Hit us up at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. 
All right, it is time now for what has become a very predictable Sunday segment. When we hit these voicemails, uh, we can either hear people shouting me out or shouting the, 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 the times of yesteryear out that we spent together here locally, or you hear the slow sighs, which means the sports soul is leaving the body. I think we're going to get a couple of those. Tanny, let's kick it off. What we got? My man, golf. What's going on, brother? This is a Papa Ibaku in Florida. Yeah, Florida. Like I said last week, I was born and raised in the shy, but I live in Florida now. Man, these uh, Florida fans are coming back and screaming and cheering all down my fucking block, and I hate it. I hate it so damn much, man. Like, all the Bears had to do is try to coach. Try to make plays for your team. Try to do things that your guys know how to do, but that seems complicated. You know, if somebody's going to get fired, I might fire my damn self. Fire myself from being a dare stand because I'm tired of feeling like this. All right, man. Keep doing what you do, black man. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him putting a nice little bow on it right there at the end. Keep doing what you're doing, black man. Um, yeah, this is, this is also something that I thought about today, fellas and ladies. Um, why do I want to bring my son into this? Like, and, and I've said this, I think I, I think the very first pod was me talking like this, but I there's like two or three times a year where I'm looking at it like, I don't want to do to my son what my dad did to me. And that could, that could go for a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, never letting me understand that vulnerability isn't really a weakness, you know, <laughs> learning how to properly golf at normal speed, not acting like you got to hurry up all the damn time. Like, you know, shout out to my pops, right? You know, he was... You know, he was he was learning on the go. But what he did, it was made me a Bears fan. And I'm looking at my little guy. Every time I look into those beautiful eyes, those little four-year-old eyes, you you know, you hear him at the end of each pod, right? He's, he's the cutest little thing. He sounds like it. He actually is it in person. He is it, by the way. I'm not saying he isn't. <laughs> that would be really wrong for me to say my kid isn't cute. He is it in person. But when I look into those beautiful eyes, I think – why would I do this to him? Like, why would I? Why would I destine him to a life of seven and nine, and now seven and ten? Because you guys, you got one extra game of death on the schedule now. Why would I do this? But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I've already got the couple of jerseys that I picked out for him for Christmas. You know, I, I know what I'm gonna get him in terms of you know his sports paraphernalia. Yeah, it's gonna be bear stuff, but. You know, all we're doing is 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 marching our kids down to a hell of 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 bad football, bad quarterbacking, and just bad vibes. So yeah, man, we're gonna continue to do it. It's cyclical. We pass this pain on. What else we got, Tanny? Dan from Morton Grove, and I just don't understand why in my thirty years of watching Bears football they can never ever seem to make football <laughs> look easy. Like other teams do like the Bucks. It's just really, really frustrating. I'm thinking I started watching when Cade McNown was drafted, and ever since then it's just been a bunch of poop. So watching this is just it's very frustrating. Watching last week was also very frustrating. So anyway, that's my rant. Uh, Jason Goff, you're a good one. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> and we ending these kind of wild, ain't we? Uh, you keep up the good work, black man. And then the next one is Jason Goff, you're a good one. All right. Well. We'll figure that one out. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's crazy because I saw Kay McDowell this weekend. I watched a little bit of that Oregon and UCLA game, and Kay McDowell, like, knowing 
<sighs> covering Cade McDown, right? Covering Cade. That's how old I am. Covering Cade McDown as a producer. And now seeing Cade McDown getting uh, inducted into it was it the, either the College Football Hall of Fame or the UCLA Football Hall of Fame. He's got his like three or four kids there. He's got his wife there. Now I remember what Cade McDown was when he first got to this city and how many people just abhorred his presence. But yeah, we've been doing this for a while. Cade McDown, you know, it was Steve Stenstrom. <laughs> Peter Tom Willis, Shane Matthews. We can go, we can go on and on. Dave Craig, right? Chris Chandler. I mean, Eric Kramer. Yeah. Rick Meyer. Yeah, we've seen some things. We saw a quarterback throw his 600 touchdown pass today. That's the other thing, too, guys. How many records are going to be broken against the Bears, right? I remember the, the Terrell Owens, uh, was it 22 catch game on Jerry Rice's last day? I, I remember that game vividly. Right, and now you got Tom Brady throwing for his 600 touchdown pass. Like a lot of things happen against the Bears. I'm tired of the Bears being in people's highlights tapes. The highlight tape, like you go back and look at Barry Sanders' highlight tape, it's all Bears plays. It's all you know, Ron Cox and John Roper and Myron Baker missing tackles. Shout out to those dudes. Uh, but it's all Bears, you know, guys getting ran over, ran by, ran through. I'm tired of being on everybody's highlight tape. So as a Bears fan, I don't expect it to stop. Uh, but shout out to Cade McDowell and to, and to his induction in the College Football Hall of Fame or the UCLA Football Hall of Fame, either one. And that Oregon-UCLA game is pretty good. Cade McDowell's in all of them, Jay. He's in the College Football Hall of Fame, the UCLA uh, Hall uh, of Fame, and the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. That is. That is. Right? I mean, you know, Cade McDowell and Drew Bennett is what I remember. And then he got here and – it was bad. It was bad. It, we, we, the, the Bears were drafting short quarterbacks before it was cool, right? With Rex Grossman and Cade McDown, just tiny, eeny, beady little guys. Now Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, they didn't change the game. But the Bears, the Bears uh, were ahead of the curve at that point when they just drafted little guys who uh, really couldn't move a lot. All right, Tanny, what else we got, man? Joe Nowak from Green Bay, Wisconsin. I am a Bears fan. I'm not a troll. I'm not a Packer fan. Um, I didn't think it could get much worse than with the Cleveland game, but from what I see here, Matt, it's just been brutal. I don't even know why I'm still watching this game, but um, things have got to change. They've needed to change for a long time now, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it could really get much worse than this. So they got to do something. I don't know. Appreciate the call. Uh, yeah, it can get worse than this. You could be a Lions fan or, or a Jaguars fan. It can get worse. Like, the reason why we still love this team is because the respect should be there. There are certain teams where the respect is nev never going to really be there for any long period of time, right? Because of their city, because of the market that, the, that some of these bad teams play in, and just because of the history. The Bears' defense is still like a historic thing where people can grasp onto it if you're trying to sell something to a national audience. But, yeah, man. It, it, it could get worse. It could definitely get worse. Ask Detroit Lions fans. Ask Jacksonville Jaguars fans. You know, there's a lot of fan bases. Ask Jets fans. It could get a lot worse. So that'll do it. Uh, Tanny, is that it? Is that it for Doom and Despair Sunday? Is that is that? We've yeah. got one more that's right up your alley oh, here. Damn it! All right, go ahead and run it. You hear that shit? This Crown Royal is tasting so much better after that disastrous Bears game. Why are you doing this to me, Chris Tannehill? Why, see, why, you, you know what, man? 
I hope you enjoy your Crown Royal, whatever libation that you, you're sipping on this afternoon slash evening or whatever you're listening to the hell. <laughs> After that Bears game, I know people are going to be listening to this on Monday with a little crown in their coffee. Uh, just, you know, I guess look forward to, to bull season and, um, you know, the winter meetings right before baseball shuts down and, I don't know, college football, uh, you know, Illinois, right? They beat, they beat Penn State. In the, in the game that James Franklin loses every year. Like, James Franklin loses a game every year where you're like, hey, man, aren't you supposed to be the one of the best? Aren't you, aren't you paid like one of the best? But, yeah, there's not a lot to look forward to. College basketball, maybe. I don't know. I mean, why, why do any of this really – why does any of this really matter, right? If you want to get some existential questions. All right, that's all the time we got for the voicemails. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, spirited effort this week. Uh, we, we did better than last week. Last week was a drag. Last week was a bummer. You guys didn't bring your A game. I blame you and blame you only because uh, you're not really vibing off of my energy because I'm bringing it every damn pod. So really, really well done. And uh, we'll get back to your voicemails uh, the next time we do this on Tuesday and on Thursday. Make sure you keep the voicemail line intact. Coming up on the next episode of The Full Goal with Jason Goff. All right, that's all the time we have for this episode. We'll be back Tuesday with an NFL insider. Aha, I'll let you guess which one it is until we finally find out which one it is. Plus, make sure you call or text with your thoughts on anything on the voicemail line at 773-359-3103. That's 773-359-3103. We want to thank our producers, Steve Cerruti and, of course, Chris Tannehill. For those fellas, I am Jason Goff. This is the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff, brought to you by The Ringer. And as always, Spotify is the gang. Remember, 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 make sure you guys are taking care of each other and make sure you're being safe. Thank you for listening to my daddy. It's the Full Go!